When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everyone, we have a major video to get into today. I just did a major change in my portfolio and purchased $25,000 of a brand new company. That company is in the restaurant category and it's Starbucks. I just purchased $24,000 of it today and I have another $1,000 going in Monday. Now $25,000 is a lot of money and this isn't new money. I raised the money by selling out of a couple holdings in my real estate category. I sold completely out of store capital and Realty Income Corp. And in the process, I locked in around $5,000 of gains. So right now, I just have Vici, Simon Property, and MGM Growth Property, which is really more Vici. So the only two companies I have is Vici and Simon Property. That is my real estate category as of now. Now, before we jump into discussing Starbucks and the reason that I'm buying that company right now, I want to quickly address why I sold out of store capital and Realty Income Corp. I know that every time you sell a company, everyone instantly believes that you're bearish on that company. That is not the case. Investors sell companies for many reasons. They only buy them for one reason. The reason that I've sold Store Capital and Realty Income Corp is simply because I believe there's better opportunities. That's the only reason. And I think that if you continue to hold those companies, you'll do just fine. There's no immediate reason to sell them. I have no bear case on Store Capital or Realty Income Corp. Part of the reason I ultimately decided to sell out a store and Realty Income Corp is not only did the leadership randomly change for seemingly no reason for store capital, but the growth of the company is expected to be quite a bit slower. The expected AFFO growth, which is kind of like the earnings growth of the company, is only 3% for store capital. That is the future projection on their earnings growth. For Realty Income Corp, next year is a little bit quicker. In fact, this is much faster than their historical norm. It's 5.81%. So that's pretty decent growth. But Vici Properties expected AFFO growth is 9.49%. This is around double Realty Income Corp's growth and much faster than store capitals. Another thing I continue to look at with Vici is the price of the company. The price to FFO, which is like the PE of the company, is 15.4. This is cheaper than both Store Capital and Realty Income Corp. So overall, even though I think that Store Capital and Realty Income Corp are great companies and they offer an extra level of diversification, I continue to believe that Vici has the most upside in my real estate portfolio. Now let's go ahead and move on and talk about Starbucks and go over why I just purchased so much of this company. Now before we jump into my Starbucks thesis and the reason that I'm buying it, I have to give just a quick shout out to Apple shareholders today. Congratulations. It's been a great day to be an Apple shareholder. It's up 6.34% today on the back of blowout earnings. Once again, the company is just on fire. It's unstoppable. Apple's like the juggernaut of the stock market. This enormous momentum that's unstoppable. Earnings were a beat across the board. Revenue's up 11%. Earnings are up 25% year over year. Service growth is 24%, so on and so forth. And if you're an Apple shareholder, you're not really surprised at this. This is something you're probably accustomed to and used to. This is the reason that we focus on high quality cash producing assets with large moats. These companies tend to do really well. So again, congratulations to Apple shareholders. It's been a pretty good day. Now, moving on from that, let's go ahead and jump back into Starbucks here. This is my passive income portfolio. And like I stated, I focus on high quality cash producing assets, companies that I think have great brand value, companies that have wide moats, and companies that will have earnings growth and compounding for years and decades to come. 
Those are the type of companies that I want in this portfolio. I'm not looking for short-term trades, cigarette butt companies, the next hype thing in the market that's going to go up 100% over the weekend. That's not the type of investing we do here. So having said that, let's go into some of the analysis on Starbucks and the qualities of this company. Now we're going to start off by looking at some of the fundamentals and the trends of this company, really what's happening underneath the company Starbucks. What is the foundation of this company? And a lot of people ask me in the videos what this tool is. This is a website I built from the ground up. If you want to try and use it as part of your own analysis, you can do so by joining the Patreon. It comes with a free trial. There's no risk. There's a link in the description of this video. Now let's go ahead and look at some of the trends going on with this company. We can start off looking at the quarterly revenue. This is what it looks like overall. You notice that during 2020, it had a dip, but in that environment with governmental forced lockdowns, I think this is a complete outlier, incredibly unlikely to repeat in the future. And generally speaking, if we ignore the couple COVID quarters, the revenue has been growing pretty steadily over time. In fact, Starbucks's revenue grows at an incredibly consistent rate. The next thing that we can look at is EBITDA of the company, which is a proxy for earnings for the company. You can see that over time, quarter after quarter, this company continues to generate positive EBITDA, again, minus the one quarter with governmental lockdowns, but after which it's recovered very well from. The EBITDA right now is nearing all-time highs. Now, the free cash flow of the company is almost always positive. It's growing over time as well. This is a trend we like to see. And you can say the same thing about the net income. This is a very profitable company growing its profits over time. Now, when I make investments in any company, especially large investments in them, I like to look at the balance sheet as well. Starbucks does have some debt like many other restaurant companies. It currently has around $13.6 billion in debt. So this is a decent amount of debt. It's going down a little bit over the past couple of quarters, but they have added on quite a bit of debt as they continue to fund growth. The good news is, is that all that cash generation leads to a lot of cash. The company is sitting with $6.62 billion in cash. That leads them in a net debt position of $7 billion. So they do have some debt on the balance sheet. That's something that I view as a negative for this company, but I think the positives outweigh the negatives. The company does have a well-covered and growing dividend. Over the past five years, it's averaged a 22% annualized growth rate. That means the company has over doubled the dividend payment in the past five years. With that aggressive growth, they have a payout ratio of 51%, which in their case is completely manageable. I don't see them cutting the dividend or reducing the dividend unless we were to do something like enter a major recession. Now, Continuing on, we can look at the EPS growth of this company over time since 1996. So we're going way back in history and you can look at them continually grow earnings over time. They're expected to grow earnings in the future somewhere around 13%. So this is a company that has been very consistent in compounding their earnings aside from the COVID lockdown effect. That is a complete outlier and you can see the huge temporary effect that had on their EPS. Now, another thing that I wanna highlight on this graph it's a little bit less apparent, but still important, is that Starbucks is less resilient during a recession. In 2008, their earnings went from a peak of 0.14, so 14 cents, all the way down to 5 cents. So they did have shrinking earnings during a recession. I think that is a risk of Starbucks. If we enter into a big recession, I don't think this company is going to hold up as well as companies like Costco. Now, another thing that I think is incredibly important to highlight is Starbucks is viewed as a very shareholder-friendly company. And by that, I mean they like to reward their shareholders. They continually do share buybacks, meaning that if you buy the company, you're likely going to own a higher percentage of it, more equity in it, as time goes on when they reduce the shares outstanding. Over the past five years, they've reduced the total shares outstanding by over 20%. That is an incredible reduction in that amount of time. And they've done that simultaneously while doubling the dividend. So if you consider the fact that they've grown the dividend by double and reduced the shares outstanding by 20%, both those factors work in your benefit. 
you're getting more equity in the company and you're getting a higher payout. Now they have been shrinking the shares outstanding pretty consistently until we got into 2020. It looks like they flattened this for a while. They haven't been doing it as of recently. But my guess is once we get all the way out of the pandemic environment, they'll continue on with their share buyback trend. So what the fundamentals highlight here is a company that consistently grows revenue, EBITDA, free cash flow, net income. They do have some debt on a balance sheet, and that's not preferable. I like it when companies don't have any debt or they have more cash than debt. So that's something that I view as a negative, but they do have a lot of cash on hand as well. In my opinion, they're in a very healthy situation. They also have very fast dividend growth, earnings per share growth, and declining shares outstanding. Those are all things that we're looking for in a company. So overall, with just a quick glance at the fundamentals, I do see a very strong company here. But these type of numbers and trends can't be the only thing that you look at when making an investment. These can give you insight into some of the fundamentals of the balance sheet, the cash flows, the income statement, all of that good stuff. But it doesn't give you an idea of what the company's doing, if it has some type of long-term growth path, if it has good leadership, or if they're making the right moves for the future. All of this information is historical, and we want to know what direction this company's headed in in the future. So let's go ahead and look at some of the qualities of Starbucks and what separates this company from other companies. First of all, let's start off with brand value. That can work as a moat for the company. Piper Sandler is a research company that does surveys on teens and youth to try to find out different trends of what's popular. What do young people like? In this report, they have a lot of interesting insight, like teens are spending more on beauty products. Video games make up 8% of teens' wallet share. Teens spend 32% of their daily video consumption on Netflix, followed by YouTube with 30%, then Hulu and other companies. So we get a lot of interesting insights and data with these surveys, one of which is their favorite restaurants. Chick-fil-A is the number one favorite restaurant for all teens, all different age groups, with Starbucks remaining number two and actually moving up year over year. Chipotle is number three. So out of all the many restaurants, all the many options, Chick-fil-A is number one, Starbucks is number two. Starbucks remains one of the most present and valuable brands in the minds of teens. And brand value does create a moat for companies, whether it's Nike or Coca-Cola or Apple. All these companies have enormously valuable brand value. Starbucks has this too, and it's pretty consistent. Starbucks grind pays off as it's named the most valuable restaurant brand for the fifth consecutive year. This company consistently maintains the most valuable restaurant brand. This adds intangible value to the company. So not only can we look and see that the company has strong fundamentals by the numbers, but they also have one of the most well-recognized and liked brands in the restaurant industry. So right there, I think we could say that we have a good company. Maybe we could make our decision just based off of that. I want to go in a little bit deeper, though, because I think there's more things that Starbucks is doing. For instance, they have been incredibly smart with the way that they're using technology. Starbucks devised a brilliant plan to borrow money from customers without getting anybody angry. Here's how the Starbucks plan works. Until recently, if you wanted to use Starbucks app to pay in stores, you had to load money into the app first. Starbucks refers to this as your digital Starbucks card. Think of it as a gift card for yourself. Whenever you pay your preloaded digital Starbucks card, you earn two stars for every dollar spent. These stars can then be used later for rewards, like free drinks. Under the company's new loyalty program, customers are now allowed to link a credit card, debit card, or mobile wallet to their account and pay directly for purchases, but there's a catch. When paying directly with a card or other linked payment method, you only earn one star for every dollar spent as opposed to the two stars when using your digital Starbucks card. So Starbucks is incentivizing their customers through this loyalty program to load lots of money onto their Starbucks wallet, which is Starbucks's digital app. And in doing so with this simple incentive, Starbucks has access to over a billion dollars of their customers' cash. 
Instead of paying with cash or credit card, you can also add money to your Starbucks account. Then you can pay with the app on your phone, giving you twice the number of stars, which let you redeem free drinks. While this may not sound all that revolutionary, Starbucks is the most popular restaurant rewards app, allowing it to do what others can't. Because of its size and customer loyalty, people are not afraid to keep decent chunks of their money in their Starbucks account, knowing they'll use it eventually. 41% of US and Canadian users pay with their Starbucks card. At the end of 2019, users held a collective $1.5 billion in balances. To put this in perspective, 85% of all US banks have less than $1 billion in total assets. Customers will, of course, eventually exchange this money for coffee, but in the meantime, unknowingly provide Starbucks with a $1.5 billion loan at 0% interest. That amount is growing over time. Starbucks has access to billions of dollars of their customers' money as essentially a loan at a 0% interest rate. And with that money, they could do anything. They can invest it in new locations, new acquisitions, they can pay down high interest debt, Essentially, they have a 0% interest rate loan on billions of dollars. So I don't think we can overstate the advantage of this app alone. This not only creates customer loyalty and lock-in, but it also gives them access to all this capital without the same restrictions that a normal bank would have. Compare the relationship that Starbucks has with their billions of dollars of their users' money to a bank. With a bank, the customer can deposit or withdraw money at any time. So the bank has to keep some cash on hand to give that customer their money. With Starbucks, customers can deposit money or gift money to friends at any point in time, but they can't withdraw the money. The only way they can get that money out of the app is by spending it at Starbucks. So Starbucks doesn't have to have all this cash on hand to pay back their customer. They just have to keep making their very high margin coffee. So in the meantime, unlike a bank, they don't have to keep so much cash on hand. As the money piles up, they're free to use it for whatever they want. So Starbucks doesn't only have a wide moat, great brand value, and they've successfully devised a way to have many of the advantages of a bank, having access to a ton of free capital without any of the downside. That's a pretty incredible feat that I think a lot of people don't understand about this company. Now, in terms of future outlook, not only is high quality coffee a secular growth trend, but Starbucks also has a lot of optionality. They have a lot of real estate and stores in very high traffic and key areas. And with that, they can launch different products and experiment all the time. It was just a couple days ago that Starbucks officially announced they're launching this new line of fruit flavored energy drinks, and they're going to be in grocery stores nationwide. The energy drink market is very competitive, but with Starbucks brand value, logistics, and marketing team, I think they have a very good chance of making this another successful product. And the great thing is, if these type of new products don't go well, and they're ultimately unsuccessful, it's not the end of Starbucks. They'll still be growing with their core products. So overall, I think we have a company that has strong fundamentals, good brand value, good use of technology, good customer lock-in, a wide moat, and secular growth trends. And whenever you find a good quality company, the next question becomes, can you buy it at an attractive price? Like Terry Smith says, can you avoid overpaying for the company? So let's talk about valuation here for a minute. First of all, anytime we have a widespread sell-off, Lots of companies are being sold off right now. The S&P 500 is down 8% just year to date, and the QQQ is down 12.42%. That's a pretty big decline over a short period of time. Anytime this type of event happens, a lot of the selling is completely indiscriminate. It's just people liquidating their portfolio, moving out of broad-based ETFs. Companies left and right and everything in between get sold off. 
Bad companies get sold off sometimes a lot, but even great companies can be sold off just in the mix of the selling. And Starbucks has sold off a lot lately. It's down 17% year to date, and the stock is down roughly 24% from its all-time high. In fact, if we back up even more, Starbucks is down enough to its pre-COVID levels. It's made essentially no gains since before 2020. Now, just because the company sold down a lot doesn't necessarily mean it's good value now. But let's go ahead and look at the Ford P.E. ratio of the company. With any type of highly profitable, more mature company like Starbucks, you want to look at the P.E. ratio. Starbucks trades at a 27.9 P.E. And based on the past year, this P.E. ratio is the lowest that it's been by far. The company is the cheapest right now than it's been over the past year. If we expand this window to the past three years, you can see that Starbucks is still relatively low to its recent history. In fact, the only time where it really traded far below where it is now is during the midst of the pandemic, right during the peak fare of it, which I don't necessarily think that's gonna be repeated anytime soon. So I believe that this sell-off in Starbucks as of recent, over the past couple of months, has presented a good entry point into this stock. And I think the reasons for this sell-off are largely temporary. Starbucks has had issues in China with the Omicron virus and shutting down different locations. This has been a problem for them that they're going through right now, but Omicron is on a downtrend. On top of that, Starbucks faces many of the same issues a lot of companies are facing. As a result, because of all these near-term issues they're facing with China, supply chain issues, employment issues, wages rising, inflation, all these logistics problems, a lot of analysts are giving them downgrades. Starbucks trades lower as Baird warns of China uncertainty and rising costs. These price targets do have an effect on the company's price. It has sold off as a response of all these downgrades. But the thing to keep in mind is the long-term perspective. While the firm is still optimistic about the company's long-term fundamental outlook, a less constructive stance is taken on the near term due to what is called an increasingly uncertain backdrop for the China business. This is just the analyst way of saying that we have no clue what's going to happen in the short term, but we still think the long-term story of Starbucks remains very positive. But I'll also mention that there's a lot of disagreement here. There's other analysts like the Bank of America saying restaurant stock Starbucks and Dutch Bros are recommended after the sell-off. So they currently think it's a good buy right now. Either way, I don't spend too much time with these analysts' opinions because they're so short-term focused. For the most part, they're giving buy and sell recommendations with a very short-term outlook. And just like the analysts, I have no clue and make no predictions on the short term of this stock. It's in a strong downtrend, and that very well could continue. In fact, Starbucks has its earnings report coming up on the 1st of February. So the report is just days away. And if they miss their earnings report or give lowered guidance, the stock could drop 10%. I have no clue what's going to happen with this company in the short term, but given the fundamentals of the company, the valuation, their market position, their brand, their moat, secular growth trends, and the way that they're using technology, I think this company does have ultimately a very bright future. So that's my overview and the reason that I'm buying the company. I think it will fit in very well with a portfolio of high quality cash flow producing companies. If you want to track this portfolio and see how it does on a weekly basis, make sure you subscribe to the channel. And if you want to view my entire portfolio and every company in it, there is a link in the description that I've updated. So that's all for this episode. Let me know what you think in the comments below and I'll see you in the next one.